This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your McNuggets are closer than you think with McDelivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com for further details. Hello, welcome back to another Swanscast podcast. The Luke Williams era is officially underway in the championship. I know there was the League Cup game with Morecambe, but don't really count that one because he kind of signed like day or two before. Uh, but officially started now. And I think there's definitely stuff to talk about. Definitely change has already been sort of shown and visualised, if you like. Um, and I've got Lee and Ben to kind of discuss the beginning of that with me today, as well as a few other things like the big match that's on the agenda this weekend. Um, a little bit of a spicy one, especially after the Boxing Day result. So yeah, welcome in, lads. Hi, are we okay? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. I know you've both had busy weeks, um, and yeah, Ben, busy day. But I hope everything went well in your uh, your examinations. I'm sure everyone will wish you luck for that. Um, yeah, smashing them out. It's going good so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, so myself and Lee went up to Birmingham uh, so we can talk a little bit about the match. But before we do that, I just want to kind of touch on something I launched today that we weren't actually in this one, but on TalkSport 2, I'm sure people here listen to TalkSport, uh, there's a new show on Thursdays at 6 o'clock to do with the EFL fan network that TalkSport kind of host. So we are part of that fan network and at 6 o'clock on Thursdays, we might feature now and again throughout the season uh, when they are touching on the Swans as well as a host of other podcasts across the football league and championship mainly um so if you are in the car or whatever and you're listening to talks we'll chuck that on thursdays at six o'clock and not just for us when we are on but you get a lot of information across the championship kind of like what we do in our match preview videos but obviously there's a host and clubs chatting about uh, certain topics there so something new so go and give that support and hopefully if it goes well maybe it becomes something bigger and grows into something more hopefully we, we we're part of it, and it's a good thing for us, I think, because TalkSport, we find often Premier League heavy. So it's nice to see them invest in potentially in more of the, the lower league uh, chat as well. So show them that's what people want to hear, and maybe there'll be more of that um, coming, basically. Um, but yeah, let's let's get stuck into the actual football now for, for the Swans. Um, Luke Williams' first league game, travelled up to Birmingham sell out the way crowds and as I said myself and Lee did go up to this one um so first of all Lee how was your uh first away day of 2024 yeah not bad better than my last one in 2023 which was boxing day so uh no <laughs> well, we're gonna it, it talk good. about the reverse of that later on <laughs> yeah. so you it can was, have, uh, have all you say there <laughs> no it was a good uh good trip though I think um it was a weird one because it almost felt like a first game of the season, which was funny because yeah. we played Birmingham first game of the season, didn't we? So it was kind of, 
Repeat. like we'd come full circle um and it was almost like a like a cup final type of type of vibe when you're traveling up and everybody's got their say and you don't know what team's going to be played and everyone's got their idea they got the new manager i don't know it was yeah it was it was a really good uh it was really good away day for me i really enjoyed it even though uh we were disappointed in the end but uh class away yeah. day so it's up there one of the better ones i think yeah um so Obviously, it did feel like first game of the season, Luke Williams' first game, but it was also Tony Mowbray's first game for Birmingham. And you said we played them in the first game of the season this season. And it was, it was as much as it wasn't Eustace's first game for them, it was our manager at the time, Michael Duff's first game uh, for us. So kind of weird that twice against Birmingham this season has been for us, um, new manager's first league game for the club. And the same result, not score, but a draw uh, both times. And when we drew back then, we were like, oh, yeah, that's all right. And then they went on to be really quite good at the start of the season. And it looked like a really good result at the time. But then they kind of fell off a cliff under their, uh, the manager that sort of filled the gap between now and then, Ryan Rooney. Um, but I think Mowbray looks like maybe he can do something with them. They didn't really look that bad, I would say, on the whole. And as much as we drew the game, and I think the way that we drew the game in the end is frustrating. And if you're there, like it's anticlimactic, it's, it's, you don't hold on to what you have at the end. Probably they could have been a little bit aggrieved not to have been a little bit further ahead before we even scored. Um, so I think swings and roundabouts uh, on the full 90 minute picture, we can't really argue with a point. And I would have taken a point originally away day. Ben, I know you didn't manage to catch all of the game, but have you got any thoughts about what you saw from Luke Williams? Uh, League debut? Well, just that I know we're going to compare Luke Williams and Russell Martin for inevitable reasons in the coming minutes now, but just the pattern of how the games emerge when the goals went in, take the lead, concede soon after the kickoff, last minute goal we concede again to concede in injury time. Yeah. So all that sort of trend under Russell Martin a lot. I know it's only one game, you can't go off that sample size, but hopefully yeah. that is the trend that picks up. What I would say is I think that trend. Michael Duff, one of the reasons he probably wasn't successful here is because he wasn't able to rectify it. So I can understand why maybe it's easy to become more prominent when it was obviously an issue under Russell Martin. I guess we, we've mentioned many times one of the big things Duff couldn't fix, first of all, was the goal score, uh, the, sorry, the defending, um, because the goal scoring was okay under Michael Duff, actually, but he wasn't able to do it. And I think going back to the Russell Martin style, if you like, it's not really a surprise to see some of those traits carry over. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of times last season, was there? Ninety-minute goals being our Achilles heel, and a few occasions where it completely changed the result. Where I think we were two 0 up against Millwall, drew two all, ninety minutes, two on goals, wasn't it? One time, and another one was losing. Was it four three to Birmingham? Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, when we were three two up in injury time, so it's, it happened a few times to, uh, to extremes, um, and you yeah, could argue cost us a uh, playoff position. Yeah. yeah, Millwall was the worst one by a mile because we were two 0 up, and it probably should have been four. Yeah, both yeah. were on goals in injury time is the part that we forget yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, no, it's kind but yeah, done. you are right. Obviously, early days, um, and it's easy to talk about the match. We will talk about the match, but let's also talk about what we saw. So, what was different? Now, if you look at websites, I think a lot of them have us down as a four-two-three-one. But we can sit here and tell you it definitely was not a four-two-three-one. Um, we were arguing a bit about it actually when we saw the lineup. Uh, me and Lee, but it, <laughs> he was correct in saying it was five. It was a bit of a weird one. Um, 
different situations, you saw a different sort of lineup, if you like. Um, but it was definitely a three at the back with, I wouldn't even say five at the back. I would say it was a three at the back because the wing backs were very high. And you yeah. can understand immediately why Notts County's goals uh, conceded is where it is. And that's not to say it can't work, but just be prepared, maybe. Um, and maybe partly why you you know some of the reasons we conceded to here but um yeah they were very high up uh, from goal kicks even it was kind of two at the back although jay felton sort of dropped in to the center back uh three as harry darling went up to a right back position alongside sam parker who was playing right wing back to win the goal kicks seemed to be a little bit of a theme yeah i was i was so surprised with how high those wing backs were i thought he was gonna we obviously you did the the chat with the Notts County fan the and he said about the wing backs being yeah, quite did. prominent. And I thought, you know, well it's quite similar it's quite similar um again, I know we're gonna talk about it a lot in this one in particular, it was quite similar to what we saw under Martin with a five. Um the three with the wing backs. Obviously Manning um was massive for us under under Martin. But I really didn't expect them to be that high. Like you said, they were level with um low most of the game on halfway line and uh it's, it was so open that was the biggest surprise for me so there are a lot of similarities but that one being massive i was so shocked to see how high up they were yeah but, um it's uh you know it's 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 gonna it's gonna be exciting to watch i mean it was on the on the weekend i mean for the neutral it was probably a really good game to watch but um for us it was a bit scary sometimes i think he had an impact already in what was seen and it it, it should be exciting when he gets players into the mentality and get some more players that he wants into the club for certain positions but also did see some of the worst of the transition that we were we were exposed to in the early days of russell martin and one player in particular for me i don't know much of this you saw ben but bashir humphreys and again lee you always say you don't like stats right he's been given a 7.1 on sofa score and sometimes exactly. I, I do I like sofa score and I think they're quite reliable, but he was not seven point one. He had a really, really tough game. I don't want to slate the player, but I understand maybe why he stood out as being so much more um unconvincing than the other two centre backs who were Nathan Wood and Harry Darling, because they were here for the Russell Martin time, you know. Darling was brought in for it, so was Wood they would be used to the pressure that this system can put you under. Whereas Bashir Humphreys brought in by Duff probably is not at all uh, used to the extremes and the pressure that this system could put you under. And that was on display. I, mean, I don't think necessarily that's an excuse for all the mistakes that he made, but he made quite a few mistakes. Who was it that he was having to primarily deal with? Was it Dembele or was it a different side of the pitch? Uh, no, that he was, Dembele was up against Harry Darling. Um, and we'll talk about that for the goal in a second. But like, it wasn't even necessarily him dealing with the threat. It was him dealing with having the ball. That yeah. was the issue. Not not him defending as such. It was playing off from the back. And, and the, the press being very high. Obviously, Tony Mowbray done his homework and knew exactly what was coming. Um, they were high pressing quite a lot. It was, you know, it was a good press from Birmingham, to be fair, and he put us under all sorts of trouble in the first twenty minutes. Um, but I would say eighty percent of the trouble came from Bashir Humphreys. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. I was quite shocked, to be fair, because I thought it would be the player that would 
really suit that type of that type of play coming from someone like Chelsea, and he was knocking on the door of the first team. You know, he was, uh, that was what we we were sold when. Uh, yeah, but he got a call for England. Around. Well, exactly. So I'm expecting, you know, it could have been a one-off game, but um, he looked so uncomfortable on the ball, like. Um, you know, when he was trying to play out from the back, the amount of times he was hesitating and lost the ball and tried to play in the midfield. And he was, some of the passes he was playing in the midfield, there was one in particular I can remember, where he just completely misses Jay Fulton by about two yards. Yeah. And then they're straight at the, and then they're straight at the back three then. Like obviously they win it in midfield and they're straight at us. And there was a yeah. couple there where he looked really, um, really, really off it. But I was, it was a weird one. I was just trying to think like, oh, I was trying to think, oh, can you defend him a little bit? I don't know if, and you can't really, because it was a poor game, but I think he improved Timon in, in particular. Half. Yeah, I think Timon in particular was way further forward on that. We would say how high the fallbacks were. I think Timon was brilliant, and his stats probably backed that up. Um, maybe he was just left a little bit more exposed, which he wasn't as comfortable with. Like you said, maybe like yeah. Darling on the other side's a bit more used to it. But um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good start for him, and it was quite similar to like Martin's first game when we had Blackburn away. And we had all sorts of problems trying to play out the back in that game, didn't we? It was a bit uh, frightening, but it is going to take time. But I, Humphreys wasn't the player I expected to struggle straight off. But uh, yeah, he was poor. Yeah, um, I think Rushworth made a, a massive double save at one point from one of his errors, um, or, or it was it was a save, and then Darling came across and made a block. It was very important. Yeah, I, I, I mean. Yeah, it, it was it was difficult for Humphreys. He definitely improved after after half time, but he did get hooked as well uh, later in the game. I wonder what was said at half time. He looked a little bit more relaxed, I think, after he came back out. But as I said, he was withdrawn from the field, and Kyle Norton actually came on. Uh, it didn't didn't help us see see the win through, but um, uh, you know it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Josh Timon. Ben, what have you made of his season so far? <laughs> I think the reason you asked me that is typically I tend to slate Josh Simon, don't I? But what <laughs> no, I've I'd, seen, and I wasn't actually fishing then. <laughs> but you could be as honest as you want. No, but what I've seen, I mean, he did brilliant against Birmingham. I think that is just back to the fact that he is a left wing back. He was brought in as a left wing back, and he's been played in a back four all year. Now that he's in yeah. the system, he's got a bit more freedom, a bit more space down the flank, and the ability to have that freedom to have one-on-one situation, take someone on, get the ball in the box. That's more suited to him. Like you say, though. Especially Humphreys probably will have to adapt to get used to covering the extra spaces left behind. What I say with Humphreys, just to make a quick comparison, last time we had a Chelsea lonely in at centre back was Mark Gierke. You remember his first game, it was four all against Hull. Yeah, right. Yeah, Hull, Hull, ben will not. Everyone's yeah. scared of him. He isn't up to championship standards. He is not don't understand the hype. Give him time. Sometimes they're young, they're adapting to a new system, they will come good. Yeah. We know Humphreys has got on both feet, and we know if he's getting an England call up, the ability is there. But first game, completely new system for everyone, pretty much. So yeah, I think he will come good. The issue could be by the time he comes good, we don't get him back next year, and that's when we'd see you know some fruity bird like go he went for eighteen months. Yeah, we're also that's been true. quite good to not giving players a chance in recent years, and you just need to look at Giocares and Morgan Whitaker to, oh, to highlight those. Look, I'm not saying that we didn't try, and maybe at the time it was quite obvious that something won't work in, but. It's easy to say in hindsight, isn't it, when they go the way that both them two have kind of gone since they've yeah. left. Um, but yeah, you're right with Gihi and with Humphreys. I think it definitely looked like maybe decision making on there. Maybe it was a lack of like understanding and the clarity of quick 
thinking and quick decision making under a high press to keep the ball rather than to defend is is what maybe was the issue because he was kind of running into trouble passing into trouble and just didn't really know where he should be looking to get out of those things um and i guess that will come with time as i said wood and darling would have had experience before so maybe it's a little bit easier to go back to those uh yeah wood was shaky as well though wasn't he i thought for in the, especially in the first like 10-15 minutes he, was, yeah, he, he got a bit more stable as the game went on but he was a bit uh, he's been out of again, action for a while hasn't yeah, he yeah, he's been for a while but no he, yeah. well he sort of stabilised a bit then and after after the first sort of 10-15 minutes but it's going to take time for everyone I like um, that he I like that he went straight into the system though we kind of touched on it I mean, was Cabango's he going to injured yeah but what I mean is he went straight into the oh, system oh you mean Luke Williams play. picking the yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah he went straight into the system that he wanted to play we kind of said didn't we or is he gonna do it slowly or is he gonna just jump straight in and he just jumped straight in you could see what he wanted to do already straight away that's the only way like you say some of yeah. the squad have played this exact system before pretty much as well coming into january so yeah. he needs to figure out who he wants to keep around who he doesn't where he needs to strengthen the only way to do that's just start with the system he means to go on with yeah exactly. i do feel like we're kind of like gonna be settled for mid table unless yeah. something clicks really quick and you know a dramatic end of the season so what's the harm in really using the next half of the season to bed this in um yeah. with the the goal of next season hitting the ground running rather than like oh we'll just get to the end of the season and start in the summer are you kind of wasting time on you so i, I do yeah. like the fact that he's gone straight into it um and going back to josh on the left wing wing or left wing back um he did get two assists. He's been getting a lot of plaudits for this game. I know you said, Ben, you've criticised him a lot. I've been the same, to be honest, on the podcast. I said, I don't think he's been... I don't think he's been a bad signing by any stretch, but he's just kind of there, you know. He's kind of done a job and been consistent six out of ten every week, yeah. I guess. Um, defending when he's in the back four, you're probably right in highlighting that, wasn't maybe where he's going to show his strengths and, and have a highlight reel. And I guess that's part of the issue because of defence is what's been under scrutiny. But here, he definitely shone in a more advanced role. He got two assists. Um, he played three key passes. So, so yeah, he's getting into positions now to make things happen. I think he spoke after the game about the freedom that he was afforded by Luke Williams and being really excited for it. He did give possession away quite often, though, to be honest, 24 times, and he only had 64% passing accuracy. So imagine those things need to improve, but I guess you can ex sort of excuse those when you saw the chances he created and kind of is responsible for all the goals he scored in the match, or at least par partially. So um, definitely getting rave reviews from that match. I've seen some people actually saying he's a better replacement uh, than Manning. Now, I think it's definitely too early to kind of make that statement, um, yeah, I mean, good player, yeah, but in, Manning's, in, Manning yeah. was near enough. Prem, he was like one of those players, Manning, where he was either a high end championship, Premier League, he'd be on the bench, sort of thing. He's sort of like in between the two leagues, yeah, or, Luton, or something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I want to say with Timon quickly as well, it's difficult to compare pass accuracies because, say, now you take Grimes, who's like high 90s, even 100% on rare occasions, he's playing low risk passes a lot of the time. Timon on that, when he's picked up the ball on the left flank. He's either going to be playing crosses in, cutbacks. Very rarely is he playing a simple pass forward. So it's natural then he's going to lose the ball more because the passes he's playing are more dangerous. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, speaking of Grimes, um, I thought it was interesting. I know Grimes in his system is going to 
I would imagine it will start to be built around him in the middle again, as it was under Russell Martin. Jay Felton was sitting deeper than Grimes quite often, dropping into the defence. Usually, from what I can remember, it was the other way round under Russell Martin. Yeah. The way it would happen before was one of the centre-backs, maybe Darling, would step up into midfield with the ball. Grimes would drop back, slot in between the, the two of them. Create a back three again. One of the defenders would actually be more yeah. advanced. Felton. Yeah, I mean... I'm trying to remember what Fulton was like under Martin. I feel like he was one of those players that at the beginning... He was a scapegoat. He's one of those players at the beginning. He's like, it won't suit Martin, get rid of him. After about six months, he did bed in a bit. He did actually look a bit more at home. So, you know, I I, I wouldn't write him off. He's actually probably been a scapegoat this season as well. He's he's, he's always been a scapegoat, Fulton. I don't know why. uh... Well, when Downs wasn't here last season, he basically played every match, didn't he? Borderline, unless he was subbed up for Allen or someone. But him and Grimes primarily was the midfield pairing and it didn't exactly do that bad. It was good enough, wasn't it? As um, I think the issue with Fulton is because he doesn't like look like a majestic midfielder, like we're sort of used to. A lot of our centre mids are, you know, he doesn't look like the Swansea way. No, exactly. But then you, you do need a bit of Jay Fulton in your midfield sometime. Yeah. Uh, I think you, I think you've no deserves. All of a sudden, we didn't have a player like him in the squad. Yeah, and, I, uh, I got a lot of time for Fulton. I think he's great. I think um, there's a there's a clip. You know, he said about the Darling block um, with a double save. He does the. Do you remember the John Terry thing when he just like dies his head and yeah. everyone was like, oh, well, Fulton does that. If you watch the replay back, when that second shot comes in after the rush, if he just dives out with his head into the floor. And I think uh, he deserves a little bit more credit because I think he's... Um, he I, throws I himself he's, about, doesn't he? He does. And I think that's interesting that he that he kind of swapped them. I noticed that. And like you said, he, like he dropped Fulton in when Darling yeah. was pushing forward, like on the goal kick. And I think maybe... He wants Grimes a little bit further forward, picking up that ball and turning and finding the wing backs going in behind. Because Grimes has got that ability to find them yeah. as need to turn on it and play a lovely lovely pass out wide, which I think we saw on a couple of occasions as well. So um yeah, I like, yeah, I like the little, little well. changes that he's made, yeah. It's like we've seen a few times this season, Grimes when he picks up the ball heading into the final third, he does unlock the back line a lot. The issue is if you don't have Grimes further back, quite often the ball doesn't get to an advanced yeah. position to make that pass. It's almost like you need a Mac Grimes further back and you need a Grimes further forward. You can't <laughs> have him in two places at once. Yeah. yeah. 90% park and ac- pass and accuracy for Grimes. Um, one key pass. DPI, yeah, he played four crosses and five long balls as well. So he's, he's a little bit of variation. I expect to see more of him on the ground and in this kind of system. A bit further back than he was being played by Michael Duff as well. Um, but yeah, Felton, I think maybe he's been cho- chose to go drop in as well. To add a bit of steel to the last line of midfield, you know there, there was we had issues conceding goals under Martin. Notts County have been spoke highly of the amount they concede, and maybe that's the reason for this as well a little bit. And you are right, Darling was the one that was kind of stepping forward uh, more more often than not out of the back line. Yeah. Although it kind of depends what side of the pitch it was on. Yeah. But as I said, from goal kicks, even he was going up to win them uh, in the midfield areas. So I think we need to talk about Darling as well. I, I never see him lose a header ever, especially when uh, it's in the opposition box. Now he scored the header, didn't he? But yeah. he never loses the header. Every time the ball goes in the box, he wins it. Yeah, he. he... <clears throat> He's. I find Harry Darling to be a bit of an enigma, and I'm not trying to put him down. But he went and he does this all the time, where he does something amazing, but he can follow it up with something a bit ropey or a bit like, oh, "Why have you done that?" You know what I mean? And he goes and scores that fantastic header from from a corner. Um, 
he should get more corner goals, in my opinion. I think, as you said, he wins so many headers. Causes ructions, yeah. He causes ructions, and I was surprised. Yeah, he did second half at the bar. I was surprised to see us actually putting it in the box because there's been so much bigged up about that video about Luke Williams and the short corners. I was like, that's it. We're never seeing, we're never seeing that again. But we did all game, and I wonder if that's something that will come down the line. And I guess it probably will because it probably takes a bit more training. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be good for Luke Williams to mix and match them when you've got someone like Harry Darling with that ability. Because I think if you mix in them and people expect you to go short all the time, when you chuck one long one in, people aren't going to be as switched on perhaps to marking him as well. And that could work to our advantage. But that's not what I'm trying to get at. Immediately after, I feel he was primarily responsible for the goal that we conceded as well. I mean, a little bit of poor defending. Now, Maybe it's a bit harsh because Dembele is a quality winger and forward and he skinned him, essentially. But I just think Harry Darling should do a bit better immediately after we score a goal there. And he shouldn't be letting him in to an area where he can run down half the pitch into our box and then score. It was on his side and he's the one he passed. So Yeah, I think I think it's fair. I mean, Dembele was different class all in that game. I thought he was, he was unplayable but at times. And I think... That this might be a product of the system that, like, Darling and Humphreys, especially as the two wider centre halves, are going to be so exposed with the wing backs so high up. Um, but yeah, I think you know when somebody gets beaten, you know, you do kind of look at them as. Uh, as but maybe you know it's just a, it's just a bedding in of that system. They are going to be exposed, and I think it would have been, it would have been better for us to kind of be a bit more um, solid there. I think we've just scored. You know, yeah. it's, it's not long before half time. We just want to see us see that first half out. But need to be you know. a bit more sensible there. Yeah, I get, I get, I get. That's his, that's his philosophy, and it might just be like you know. I mean, it's, it's early days to be like you know picking holes and making changes and stuff like that. But you know, maybe managing it a little bit better there, getting half time. But it's a good goal, I think, as well. Like that Dembele, I said, he was brilliant that game. The thing is with this system, if you want to just compare it for a second to similar systems, you say like Liverpool and City, I realise miles apart in ability. The reason that Liverpool and City have been so dominant with systems like that, where they can leave very few players back, is because they have world-class defenders. Liverpool were able to do it for ages, primarily because of Van Dijk. Yeah, City have done it because of players like Ruben Diaz. They're able to leave players on two-on-two, three-on-three situations. The defenders usually come out on top because they're that good. In the Championship, unfortunately, for where we are, you're very rarely going to have three-on-three situations where you back our centre-backs. That's not because they're bad players. Nathan Wood nearly went to Southampton. You know, but Darling was getting Premier League shouts before he came to us. But it is just a high risk strategy. And unless you have world beaters at the back, yeah, you are going to concede more goals. And if we do have yeah. a world beater at the back, chances are it's championship football, they'll be in the Premier League before long. So Yeah, exactly. So I'll I'll clarify the stance on the goal because I think I think it might be a bit of um I might have said it a bit wrong. So the goal we immediately after the goal kick we get possession back. Uh the the kickoff, sorry. It's kind of hoofed up field from Rushworth. And Darlin is above the halfway line, the one that there to win the ball, which he doesn't do. And the ball immediately comes back at us and uh, kind of loops over Fulton, who probably also probably should do better. Um, I will say here, I think maybe he needs to bring the guy down in that position because Dembele is then in. Um, but I guess that's maybe harsh for me to say it's all on Darlin. We were just talking about his ability to win headers. He's so dangerous in the box. But then on the other hand here, where it's like in the middle of the field, you don't necessarily see that same um, 
you wouldn't say he's going to win every header here. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, straight away can see the goal from it. It was very poor. I think if you watch the full highlight of it, in terms of the full team play there, but maybe that's it is part of the system and the way that we set up for him to go so high, because if he doesn't win it, who's then on the receiving end of the next ball? It is quite unorthodox to have a centre back go up to the halfway line for a goal yeah. kick, as opposed unless you're pushing everyone up to then prevent them. Yeah. From- it's not so much a goal kick on this occasion, but like he's cleared it upfield, I, I believe, and, and he's kind of already in that position. That he was that fire, 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 yeah, I mean, I guess, there, I guess that kind of is in line with how high the wing wing backs are and what what he's going for here. So maybe a little bit more of a product of the new new system being embedded rather than individual player errors. So I'll take back a little bit of the the harshness, maybe, but. Um, I do still find him a little bit of an enigma with some of his tackles sometimes. But I guess it's exciting, isn't it? So if he wasn't making those little mistakes, maybe somebody would be picking him up. Yeah, um, he's I right. You know, we are a right fake link the other day. He has got like um, he has got good ability. He's a bit of a free He's a bit frustrating sometimes, isn't he? Because some games you watch him and you think like he's, you know, he's brilliant. Uh, he had some games for us last year, right back, where I thought he played so well. And then, like you said, he can do something. And then all of a sudden, he can just turn around and just like wipe somebody out for no yeah. reason yeah but um yeah i guess that's the type of player he is he's a player who plays on the edge isn't he yeah i do think he's been one of our our player uh standard players this season though to be fair to him so nice to see him kicking on and he is still quite young so let's see where where he can go under luke williams um further up the pitch then not to go through everyone but starting with um a front what would you call it right Sam would, Parker I, was right wing back, wasn't he? And then you had yeah. Lowe and Patterson and Cullen behind Lowe. Would you call it a front five or not be funny? Yeah, it yeah, was. It, it was literally it was like that, yeah. Because you had like a front, yeah. sort of a front three with Tymon, Lowe and Parker. Yeah. And then Patterson and Cullen just behind them. Yeah. Parker picked up an injury in the second half, but did look promising. I've not seen the extent of what that is, unfortunately, at the moment, to kind of confirm how, yeah, how far we're going to miss like, it. From what they said, it sounds like it's not good. I think he's going to be out for the rest of the season, boy. What they said. The what other a day. shame for someone that's kind he's of breaking in. his way in. I actually think it's a shame because if he's going to play that system with the wing backs, not really. Well, I think Key will be all. Key will obviously be all right when he's back fit. Um, but um, it's it's a, a bit of an odd position to play. Um, you know, like it's, it's basically yeah. a winger that needs to track back and defend. I saw um, that with the subs as well because when there was a bit of a reshuffle. I think Cullen ended up there at one point. Yeah, he uh, did. He, Cullen finished out there in the end. It's crazy when you think when we had Russell Martin, Latterbordia survived at wing back without picking up an injury for so many months. We've now had three yeah. wing backs injured in space for about three months. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could say four if you're going to count Abdullah. Yeah, start the season. I, I mean, just literally since like, what was it November, December? Was, I'm trying to remember when Ashley got injured. He's got injured again, though, hasn't he? He got injured in Morecambe and he's out now. Did he? Oh, God. Yeah, so like. No, no, Abdullah. Abdullah, oh, yeah. I would have said, like, it's frustrating. You've got the likes of Sam Parker and Abdullah, probably the two that have kind of emerged this season from the youth team. And both of their seasons have been kind of, like, torn up by injury. Abdullah basically playing all pre-season, looking like, oh, actually, he could, he could have some game time here. And then, no, he's injury no stops that. Um, and Parker, what's that, a second appearance in the league? Mm. And it could be out for the season. That's just really unfortunate. Yeah, I, I I was talking about this the other day, and I was thinking about um, not so much with Adelaide, but with Parker, especially with his hamstring going, just playing that position, like how 
um, stressful lad probably is on the yeah. body playing that wing back role that he's asking him to play, especially at a young age at that level when obviously he's only made one appearance before that. Um, you know, it might not be that. It could just you know it happens, and if it's a freak accident, sometimes people pull their hamstring. But I mean, how many times do we see him sort of back in the corner, and then the next minute he was in like in on goal? So it's yeah. probably uh, is a lot required in that position. Yeah. He had a good game, though, otherwise, and it would be a shame if we don't yeah, see did, him again this season. Yeah. Uh, the other three, Lowe, Patterson and Cullen, don't really think there's too much to shout about Patterson and Cullen, to be honest. They kind of did okay. Not really anything to... I don't, I can't remember a highlight, really, in particular, from either of them. Though Cullen did play the ball to time and for the assist for the Jamal Lowe goal, um, which was a good finish from him. I kind of went missing in the first half, Jamal Lowe, but came out second half and had a definitely had a better impact on the game. Yeah, second half in particular, I thought he was good. It was I I thought he took him off at the wrong time as well, I thought. He looked he's starting to look really sharp. He scored the goal and then he had that really good chance, um, which turned out to be offside in the end, which I didn't realise until I watched the highlights back. Is is that confirmed hundred percent? Because yeah. I feel like No, it was because I, I was quite shocked. For him. <laughs> no, he was offside. When I watched the highlights, it like it, it shows the chance and then the the assistant has got his flag up, so you, if he had if he had scored, I think he would have been offside. But who played the ball in for that? Was that Parker? No, it was, was Grimes. A, I think Grimes. It was, yeah, it was a, that was a lovely ball. In. Only play side wasn't par- backwards. Though. Well, he just got in like in between the two centre halves, didn't he? And Grimes that just put it in such lovely. A we were good right ball. behind it. Yeah, we it were was right criminal it. that even if it's offside, it was criminal. that Lowe didn't score. But he'd beat the keeper as well. The keeper was yeah. like um, done. He was just but there, he, like, like I can't save this, and then he hit it over the net. But it, feel, oh, it felt like he was just coming into the game so much. Like he yeah. scored the goal, then he had that chance, and then he started to sort of come into the game, and then, and then he went off. Then I don't he know had a bit he of a run, didn't he? As well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. That's true. He yeah, charged he down a, a ball, didn't he? Yeah. And, and running. Yeah. So it was like that. That like ten minute spell where he was. Uh, he looked really sharp, and then he went off. But um, maybe the decision had already been yeah. made that he was and, still making the change. But and Yates came on and also missed a glorious chance for I, us to I, bury sorry, the game. He had the score. He had the score there. I've seen the highlights back. If he dives, if he like stretches his leg out, he scores. Have you seen him, Ben? I have not actually. I'm not sure I want to do by the sounds of it. Is another low cross in actually from the same side? Um, was it Timon again? It was Timon, yeah. Timon again, and Yates is just that yard behind the ball where he can't just tap it in if you like. No, but. As Lee's saying, he doesn't make any attempt to stretch his body either or slide in or something, you know, just chuck yourself at the ball. And he stays on his feet. He ends up goal. still on his feet. Like, if he, I think if he, like, slides in or even just yeah. throws himself at it a bit more, I think he, I think he scores. You only got to get a touch on it. But for him yeah. to still be, like, upright on his feet, I think, like, he, I, I, it looked worse on the replay than it did in, um, in the stadium. When I saw it, I thought, oh, he did look a little bit too far away from it, even if he... Um, stretched out but when I saw the highlights I think if he stretches out he scores and there's game over then yeah it definitely would have been game over 3-1 I don't think they were coming back from that and like, I, I I, still maintain as much as they were good chances created they could have scored three in the first half so oh, they, they had plenty of chances we would have taken it half. don't get me wrong but I just mean like we can't be that you know we can't be that angry about the result on the base of the 90 minutes um, speaking of chances missed they scored after that. We'll, we'll talk about their goal in a sec. But while we're on missed chances, Joe Allen also missed an absolute golden opportunity as well. I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe that. 
you literally had to connect with it and you would have scored and uh, it just I think it just fell to the wrong person at the wrong time so it I think it was Tyvan again with the ball in though oh, it was, he, he was he had acres of space um, Joe Allen did though he picked him up like right on the edge of the box and he literally I think he just has to get it on target and he just completely misses it and sounds it was like right after they scored sounds like it should have ended about four all to be honest with you yeah it could have I think I think the Luke Williams games are going to be uh, a lot like this. I think it's going to be after yeah. carnage. With the way we, we didn't really create any chances in the first half, other than the goal from the corner, and at half time it was like difficult to see um, us getting many opportunities, and it was like right, we just need to sort ourselves out of the pack. But we definitely did create chances in the second half. Yeah. Um, we were lucky at half time not to be three one down. Let's be real. So when we did then create in the second half and went ahead and only held on and well we didn't help hold on, that's why I felt like such a kicker. Um, but you know on the base of the game, like yeah, it could have been a high score in each way. But maybe they definitely won the first half. We won the second half. I would say they came into it a bit at the end, of course, as we naturally sat back. But I think with the subs as well, it was some wonky positioning in the midfield when the subs were made and that that's the whole square pegs in round hole thing yeah. that was going yeah. on. You know, Joe Allen replacing Parker, which put uh, Cullen out wide on the wing-back position. Norton was on, not to say he'd done anything wrong specifically, but someone that's really rarely found himself in a matchday squad recently coming on for Humphreys. Uh, Patino, who we haven't mentioned, who still couldn't get a start, um, coming on for Patterson, and do you know what? I'm going to go in on him in a minute, so be prepared. Um, <laughs> and Yates coming on for Lowe's like for like, isn't it? But but obviously Patterson and Cullen, who started behind the striker, and it ended with Allen and Patino. And for me, that's... I know people consider Patino a bit more attacking, but he isn't a 10, I don't think, um, personally. Not the same sort of player as what Patterson will give you. And I feel like you just... I. There's not that much attack left on the field at the end. If you've got Callan in a wing-back position and Yates up top, yeah. obviously you've got time and creating all the chances on one side, essentially, is what we ended up with. Uh, we just couldn't finish them. But yeah, Joe Allen kicked the air. I thought that he'd got blocked, um, that the shot had got blocked when I saw it in the stadium. But yeah, if he connects with that as a goal. And I was after they uh, equalised in the 95th minute, so that would have oh, been like limbs in the oh, way that, that, that would have been absolute chaos if he had scored there yeah it was literally the next like move after the goal wasn't it yeah. after their equaliser oh god so let's talk talk about that equaliser now I'm I'm sorry you wouldn't you haven't witnessed the, the highlights Ben for this but maybe it's for the best I don't know I've you seen know. this goal I've seen this goal okay well so Dembele it is with the run I think from a court from a throw in um around the halfway line runs into our our midfield outside the box, um, Joe Allen is tracking him. He does Joe Allen. Fair enough. I, w- I was originally frustrated with Allen. I thought maybe he should have brought him down. But I think, to be fair to Allen, there's enough players there to not have to do that. And I think it's still defendable. To which Fulton and Grimes now take over marking Dembele. And that's fine. They got him under control. Jordan James is kind of in a bit of space here with Patino blocking the pass. Patino then decides, do you know what? I'm going to come to the guy that's already being marked by the other two midfielders and, and, and just leaves his man, comes towards the ball. As soon as he arrives at the scene, the pass is played and Jordan James is in an absolute field on his own and just picks his spot. And hell of a finish. You can't take anything away from the finish. 
But I'm sorry for everyone that loves Charlie Fatino and thinks he should start all the time. That is why he's not starting. He His positioning off the ball and defensive work is just not as good as the other midfield options. And Joe Allen came on the pitch before him as well, so that says a lot to me. That's fourth choice now, behind Grimes, Felton, Allen. Allen has been out for the season so far, basically. Uh, I'm not saying Charlie Patino's a bad player, but ultimately, as much as I said it was a fair result, that cost us a win. He's a bit of an awkward player to try and place, isn't he? Like the best comparison I can make is remember when George Byers was here. Wasn't sure if he was a ten and eight to six. Maybe yeah. that's you know sort of problem. He's probably got the final third ability, but then on the ball, but then off the ball, like you say, leaves a lot to be desired. I don't know, running with the ball, that's probably what's holding him back from being number ten, maybe. Like on the ball when he plays a pass, he looks like a ten. Yeah. But then to be a number ten, you probably got to have a bit more Jamie Pats and about you and be able to beat a man. I, I don't know, like off the ball, I agree with you though. Like quite often this season, you've seen him pick up the ball on the edge of the box and then just dilly dally and lose it. And it's like, well, you just need to play a simple pass. Yeah, but here, just keep to your man. Like you, yeah. you don't leave someone on their own and go and mark someone that's got two players not allowing him to go anywhere. Then Belly yeah. wasn't going anywhere. He was kind of just doing some fancy stuff on the ball, get, trying to get out of his space. Grimes and Felton are not diving in, you know. We could argue maybe they could have tried to stick a foot and get the ball, but I think they were just letting him have the ball in an area he wasn't doing anything. Now, the gap was created because Fatino left his man. So Jordan James seen that, like, oh, he's, le- he's, he's like leaving me. He's running towards the ball. I'm just going to move forward to better passes now on. And he was in a lot of space then. He was in a lot of space. Fatino needs to stay there and block that pass. If he does that, I don't know where Dembele goes, but he's probably not creating a chance. And, you know, the rest is history, ultimately. And maybe, maybe Fatino... Is better starting games. I don't. I don't have confident confidence right now in him coming on to see a game out. I. I just. I don't think he's got the off the ball um, mentality yet. I'm sure he will develop. I'm sure he will come. I know that's why he's been sent on loan to the championship. Ultimately, we see in links with Juventus, but is there any merit there? Because again, towards the end of January, and I would have thought he'd been recalled by now if there was something going on really. I'm surprised he hasn't been recalled. I kind of assumed that the reason he wasn't playing is because we thought the recall was inevitable. But now here we are, midway yeah. through January, he's still here. So he, the recall obviously isn't happening. Arsenal obviously don't think it's worth sending him anywhere else because they don't think he'll play anymore elsewhere yeah. potentially or they don't want to disrupt the loan. I don't know, it's an odd one. I mean, for Arsenal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Can't make the away day? Just get yourself comfortable load up Swans TV, grab your phone and order a mug delivery. Away days at home never tasted so good. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. We're going to play a style that's more akin to what you'd be expected to do there, uh, potentially now. I, I'd say he's had a good season with us, you know. I just I just want to highlight there's definitely flaws there. Um 
and you know the big debate is Falton or Patino, isn't it? And I thought Falton had a much better game, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, if you've got to play, you know, Grimes is Grimes is nailed on, isn't he? And I think if you've got to play someone to compliment him, I think it's got to be Fulton over Patino, like you said, with the off with the off the ball stuff. I think it's something we highlighted even when Duff was here. I can't remember what game it was, but there was another one where he just he ghosts away from his man, or he doesn't close somebody yeah. down, and and we can see the goal from it. And I and I think the next game he was dropped, wasn't he? And then everyone started kicking off the, oh, why was he dropped? And he should be starting. And yeah, and I think that's kind of what kicked it off. And we looked at it and we said, well, there's a couple of times now where you look at some of the goals we can see that he's not pressed his man, or like in the Birmingham game, and you look at it, he does, he like vacates Jordan James and he leaves him in that space. Again, it's you know it's unlucky because he's still got a lot to do from there. He's, he's a belter of a goal. I mean, you're happy yeah. for somebody to have a shot from there. But at the end of the day, like you said, he does he does leave him in space. He leaves him. If he doesn't leave him, then it probably doesn't happen. But he can't so get the shot away. Probably if he doesn't leave no. him, I doubt so the pass is even played. Patino's so frustrating because you know there's a player in there. You know he's a good player, but it just it's just something that's just not quite clicking with us at the moment. I think if you can unlock it somehow, hopefully Luke Williams finds the, you know, finds the the way to play him and get 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 him get him back to his best. But um, we just we just haven't seen it yet. And I think where people are getting a bit annoyed is that a lot of people come at you with like, oh, you know, he's oh, he's like the best player we've got, and you know, Duff should have been starting him, and that was his biggest mistake. And now, you know, I think it speaks volumes when you've had Duff, Sheehan, and now Williams. Who started him on the bench? Well, well, Sheehan said. Got to be something he, in there. Sheehan answered the question, and this is when what he said. What he said was, "I see him in training every day. I've worked with him more than anyone else. So, like, even when Duff was here as assistant manager, I've worked with him more than anyone else, yeah. including Duff. Um, obviously, he did start getting dropped towards the end of Michael Duff's more regular, regularly, and that continued into Sheehan's. And he basically said." He's got things to work on in training, especially off the ball and 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 kind of like what we're talking about now. That's what he said. And if you want any, I can't give a better example than to what happened in this game. Now, maybe it would have been like a smash and grab or um, on the balance of the game. Like we've gone and got a really good away win there against the total balance of the game. But you take that all day long. They worked hard to after they went ahead to kind of keep that. And one player, but there has had a little bit of a lapse in concentration, not kept to the position and the plan and the tactics, and and kind of cost the team the game. And I know they'll be in it together and they'll they'll take the loss together as a team, but that is on him in this on this occasion. I think everyone else kind of did their job. You could argue one or two could have done it a tiny bit better. I think Alan could have brought someone down, but I understand why he wouldn't, knowing there's other players kind of there to still kind of defend there wasn't any immediate danger at that point the danger was created when you leave a man unmarked with like he literally had three or four seconds to tee himself up and take a shot on before anyone could close him down because of how far away he was from everyone else at that time and that is that's shocking really in midfield when when there's four of them in midfield so he, he you should never have that space and there's no reason to go to a man that's already marked by two players, in my opinion. But there we go. That's uh, that's Charlie Patino. I think he's not really competing with um, Grimes and Felton right now. I think he's more competing for the one ahead. And do we think he's got the te- like? Is are we looking to bring someone in there? It's a bit more attacking. Like, what do you think? Does he does he have somewhere that he can start and 
to a job or I mean what I'd say is that let's say God forbid Grimes picks up an injury, wouldn't you be happy Charlie Bettino's here then? But until that happens, is he just sort of like a Grimes understudy? Do you think he does the same job as Grimes? I think he's the closest thing we have to him. I maybe I'm making that link because he's left footed, but if you if you did it like for like swap, would he be as good as Grimes? No. Is he as close as we can get? Absolutely, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think because one thing that's underrated is range of passes really good as well. We don't really yeah. see it enough, but when he goes for it, it's similar to Grimes in that respect. Yeah, yeah. I I would imagine the reason Arsenal sent in, sending him on loan is for these off the ball like go to the championship where it can be quite difficult with some of these things to learn that side of your game. It's probably why he's not featured as much in their first team and that's probably the reason for it. So that's fine. Easier to learn and I'm I'm happy for that. And he's been a good player for us. I want him to continue to learn and I hope Luke Williams can get the best out of him and we see him starting games at the end of the season. Um He was um he was great off the ball in that West Brom game. Um we said didn't we on the we said on the video after the West Brom game. Yeah. He was brilliant. He chased everything down. He was he, it seemed like he was really making a point of doing it as well. Um, I think that. Well, that was after was... the comment of that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That Maybe game was. That game was very rough. A lot of fifty-fifties. I, I feel like we're not going to see a game like that for a very long time now. No, this yeah. no, 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 no. But it is, but it is frustrating because um, there's definitely a really good player in there. If they can unlock, if they can find the way to do it, there's no doubt he's a good player. It's just. Uh, it's just frustrating, and you can and you can understand why three managers now have sort of said, you know, he's going to be on the bench, you know, instead of someone like Fulton, who will stick to the job and will throw his body around yeah. every game. So it makes sense. I mean, and that's, that's what you get from Fulton, isn't it? You get that, you know, what you get in there, and he doesn't really make those mistakes. But yeah, carry on, Ben. I was saying there was a spell in the season where Grimes and Bettino were played together, and that's actually what saved Michael Duff's job for a little while, anyway. Yeah, yeah, when, right. yeah. When wasn't that that was after we were talking about it, saying that that definitely wouldn't work? <laughs> yeah, that was a quote from me, definitely. <laughs> to be fair, what did I say? It's because Bettino and Grimes off the ball together wouldn't work, and everything. Yeah, I, I mean, Bettino's not yeah, playing. He went on that four-match winning spell, didn't he? After yeah. like when it was kind of do or die, and it worked for a bit until it didn't. So you weren't really wrong. You just kind of. It's just a bit delayed. And we went 1-0 down against Plymouth. I think it was the game yeah. after we said this. And that was a brilliant... That's probably one of our best performances of the season still, to be fair. Yeah. That was a brilliant yeah. game. Definitely. Um, okay, we'll talk about some transfer news before we move on briefly to the Southampton game. Brandon Cooper has left Swansea. I think it's undisclosed fee. I'm not really sure. That, yeah. do, you know the, do, do you know the cost anywhere? Hasn't said. I mean, we can assume. I'm pretty sure he only had six months on his deal. It's going yes. to be a couple hundred thousand, the most you'd yeah. imagine. It's it? difficult um, to kind of get those figures sometimes when it's undisclosed. Gone to Leighton Orient. It's a bit weird because he kind of got recalled. They were saying it was because of a red card he received for a intentional elbow, I believe it was. So the fans thought he had a really good start of the season. He did this red card and then was never the same by all accounts. Um, got recalled by Swansea even now he's gone back there so they must have definitely had a good time or at least thought enough of him to, to get him permanent so good luck to Brandon Cooper one I thought maybe would have broke through in the Swansea squad um, he started under Michael uh, sorry under Russell Martin he started in the centre of the back three because we had injuries and he looked okay I think it was a couple of shaky moments and he was a youth player that was kind of 
really thrown in at the deep end. So you could understand why some of the stuff was happening. But then everyone came back from injury and he just disappeared. And I thought that was harsh. The key moment for me in his career at the Swans was he was alone at Newport, absolutely smashed. And again, rave reviews. Gets recalled by Steve Cooper. And we were going for automatic promotion at the time. Keep in mind, if I'm correct, if it was that season. Luckily, yeah. he could have played a part and then got injured for the rest of the season, like his yeah. first training session. <laughs> Yeah. If he had actually stayed fit and had a little run, at worst case, I think he's getting a permanent move to League One that summer, if not featuring in the squad. So, yeah, got in for him. His career's not over, don't get me wrong. He's still not old by any means, but you just feel like that was his best shot at like getting to a higher level. It was the right time, the right manager for him, and uh, injury took it away from him. Yeah. Yeah, so he's gone to Leighton Orient, and I don't know how they do it in, in the league. I will find out now. So in League One, they you know they're in tenth. They're in with a shout of, well, actually, yeah, the League points. One's kind of uh, yeah. not that competitive this season by the look of it. God, that's a big gap to the playoffs, isn't it? Like tenth is misleading. Normally, tenth basically got eighth up is um, eighth up is challenging from playoffs. That's yeah, it's the table's not kind of on. done on that, the beach. Uh, League One is horrendous. I mean, they used to say like how competitive the championship was, but I think League One's just as bad now. There's some big teams in there. Um, I wouldn't say it's that competitive. It looks like a table of two halves. Not yeah, competitive. Like, I guess competitive is the wrong word, but um, I think it's yeah. easy to slide, isn't it? Unbalanced. You've got a good title race on, to be fair. You've got Portsmouth in first for 53, and That's the top Oxford, six, basically, isn't it? Yeah, Oxford in sixth yeah. are only four points behind them. Yes, men. Wasn't it? Um, wasn't it League One last year or the year before when it was like, like all nine teams or something could have got relegated on the last day because they were all like a point apart or something? It was ridiculous. It was something like that. I'm yeah, sure that's not going to happen this year, does it? No, no, no. But I think like it's just such an odd league, isn't it? Yeah, yeah a bit of a weird one. Um, so that's Brandon Cooper. We've also got Matthew Sorinola, who isn't obviously Swans anymore, but was a free transfer. Some people were like, should we go in for him? Should we? Um, have another look. He's gone to Plymouth on a free. Left Union. I didn't realise. Union. When he, when he signed for Union, they just got promoted. They're like smashing it in Belgium now. Yeah. yeah. Doing really well in Europe. That's probably why he's not really getting in the team, I'd imagine. Um, one that maybe we could have revisited. I'd say no. And he's prob- that's, Plymouth's probably the right style of club and the right level for him. Yeah, don't have to worry about defending, just score more. He didn't really uh he didn't really do it for me, I think. Um he had a couple of good games, but not really. Especially as this especially if we're looking at this new system, he's not gonna be that wing back. It's just no way. But he I fell out like, of favour under Martin, didn't he, really? Yeah. And Latin was said a lot, considering, considering a lack of options has said a lot that he fell out of favour and his versatility because he could play on both flanks and he still Yeah, well, I mean he, like we said, he was playing like the Bodia and Darlin on the right ahead of him, so it said a lot. Yeah. Speaking of versatility, point. one thing we didn't mention about the game, sorry, was Ogbeta actually got on the bench, mm. left left wing back, and maybe there's a future for him here yet. That was such an odd one. You always like think what's what's going to happen. What, you know what players are going to be in and out of favour when a new manager comes in, but then for him to be like missing for years, and then they put He's that video out. Didn't they? they put that video out today of um, him and Velassi like doing um, like some training together. And then, um, and then he was on the bench out of nowhere. So maybe he's just the type of wing, you know, winger, wing back that can play 
in the system maybe fits it well. The thing is, well, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone that Notts County were tracking about maybe getting on loan. The profile, yeah, maybe he yeah, did well when he was at Peterborough. I know he dropped down the league, but you, you know, Wrexham, you've seen Notts County are a bit similar now as well. I'm guessing like some of the sign ins that some teams in League Two are able to make, you never know. Good shout. Uh, uh, Luke Williams was talking about him this week, saying he actually really likes him. So we'll see if he gets on a pitch. Uh, he's an attack, he was brought in as an attacking fullback, wasn't he? Uh, Russell Martin didn't seem to care so much. I think he did have a lot of injuries in his time here. I think when he was signed though, Russell Martin probably threw his toys out the pram afterwards, didn't he, about like other things. And it didn't feel like it was someone he wanted. And I think the players that were signed that he didn't necessarily want didn't seem to get used. It was so strange, wasn't it? Like I, I was I was quite excited for him. I thought that's the sort of signings we need to make more of, you know. Yeah. A bit left field, but last minute out of the blue because we weren't linked with him and it just happened on deadline day. Desperate for a wing back. Okay, wasn't your first choice. Okay, maybe not the best on the ball, but then you persist with latter body at wing back. Okay, he hasn't got the physical profile he'd want as a wing back. So I was disappointed when he wasn't played. And then obviously injury after injury, and now here we are. He's yeah. played what, like three games in how long has it been? Was it January? Two years? I can't maybe? even remember him kicking a ball. Has it been two years, 18 months? I, 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 he's a bit of a blur now. Okay, I, I don't know how long he's been here for. Yeah, I forgot what he looked like. I think he's grown his hair out since the last one. <laughs> He, but yeah, that's, that's mental. He's only twenty-two still. Yeah, he's still young. He's still got potential. And and for me, well, I know he's been injured this season. But Choa on, we haven't seen either, and he's not be. He's been in the matchday squad on the bench often, but Ogbetter's come on now instead. So that has got to say something about where the manager's thoughts are. I would have. Yeah. I would have thought. We'll yeah. see going forward. He's been um, here two years, just to say. Ogbetter. Yeah, two years. January wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. I saw a small link with, uh, you said Notts County players, Jody Jones I saw a small link with potentially, I know there was a lot said about the striker, but Jody Jones, he's only down there because of injury record himself, really in League Two, someone that was um, doing good stuff for Coventry, but he's put, he's done really well at Notts County and I think a lot of their fans, and when I was speaking to uh, the guy from Notts County the other day as well, was saying he's too good for the league, he's too good for them and he, he will progress up the league soon they're really expecting that to happen so we've been linked with him don't know how concrete that is how much is really in it or if it's lazy journalism again but we'll see probably one that would suit us to be fair an attacking player I think he can play wide as well so something that we need would probably play behind low if you go by Saturday's formation replacing either Cullen or um, Patterson in that formation anyway and then the last one there was links about this I want to say two weeks ago, Romain Mundell, we did mention it on the podcast, uh, from Standard Liège. Have I said that right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Fabrizio Romano has come in and, yeah. well, claimed there's been an offer turned down by Swansea today. So um... Yeah, so it was written off two weeks ago by a lot of accounts saying, you know, it's just agent talk and stories that were getting sold to people. But it's come back, and it's come back saying Plymouth are also interested, a couple of other clubs as well mentioned. But by all accounts, we've bid, and I saw the fee was 500,000, and it was rejected. So, if, if I mean, if it is true, do we think we'll go more than 500,000 for someone? We're skint by the sounds of it, aren't we? So it's quite a low-profile player to be bidding 
multiple times for, I guess is what I'd say. Well, yeah, they've got a long list of targets that the data would have told them they're going to progress to be saleable assets. So, yeah, I mean, he's very unproven, isn't he? I mean, you, yeah. you've got you're going off of youth data, youth footage of anything because that's the only real games he's played back at Tottenham in Premier League two. Not say you know, I'm I'm saying this when I ever watched him play. I'm not going to pretend to know the first thing about him. It's just. Uh, I'm not sure by the looks of it, this is going to be somebody who comes in and has a major impact right now because he can't get near the squad in standard liaison. Real is a bigger club as well, is the one thing I will say. But it's alarm bells ringing a bit. He's been there six months and they're already trying to get rid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see on that one. Um, but you never know. Maybe it's another Morgan Whitaker in the making in terms of like we'll be on the beneficiary end this time. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> One thing we were talking about transfers before we move on. I'm not sure how true it is, but potentially a 25% sell on clause with Whitaker. And you've got Brentford links, which would obviously be multi million pounds. Brentford, Fulham, I think it was another club as well being mentioned now. So there's a couple of Premier League clubs. Um, if it turns into a little bit of a battle, that might be good for us. I saw 10 million Brentford again. Not sure how Yeah, true I, I saw that. And then yesterday, by all accounts, there's a few more clubs in the running. Don't know how much it will come to fruition, or if it's one of them that they caught in him and then wait till the summer, wait till he had a bit longer of a game sample in this league. But either way, if he continues to put the output out that he's doing for longer, hopefully that means the fee goes up. So I hope they sell him now because on the off chance they get relegated, it's not going to be ten million anymore. You'd imagine. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, um, also, though they know if they sell him, they probably do get relegated. So it's like you know, tough one. It's an odd one, though. It's, uh, I don't know. Because I didn't expect him to get to that level at all. Like, you know, like a Brentford bid coming in? That's... I didn't think he'd get Premier League bids that quickly. Not after six months. I thought it'd be like, like said, a full year, at least. No, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes it just, I know, like, we, we look at missed opportunities, like we said about Giocares and Whitaker will probably be on that list if he goes into the Premier League. But sometimes it just doesn't fit, does yeah. it? I think I can tell you, I saw the link a few, a week or two ago. And I've seen a lot of things going on in the Premier League this week that I think are the reason for links like this. And that is all this drama around financial fair play and how yeah. clubs are being really scrutinised, they're scared to spend. You've got Newcastle, Skint, they can't afford to buy anyone without selling. And that's like they're the richest club in the league by all accounts. So um, Fulham would be not, we were listening to Talk Sport with me, that Fulham fan saying they got money to spend, they're not allowed because they can't because of FFP. So. Maybe they're looking down the leagues, right? 10 million. I can afford 10 million on someone who's given a good output for that sort of money. Because if you've got them stats in a Prem or another league top level, it's not 10 million, is it? Uh, and that's probably why they've been me looking in these areas. And in whereas before, they would have wanted longer to see if they could prove it. Look at Giocares. Um What do you say he was quoted for, Giocares in the, in the news? 86 million euros got turned down. All right, in saying that. <laughs> Oh turned God. down pretty sure turned down that would have been the quickest 86 million euros like he only went for 20 odd million in the summer didn't he yeah i think it was 22 million pound plus they do have a 15 percent sale on course commentary so they're laughing imagine that, he goes for 80 mil they'll be pocketing 12 just for that that's a hell of a profit for six months of football 
How does that happen? Like, it's just mad because he was not that player when he played for us, was he? I mean, nobody can chance. It was like a system that was the hoofball. We had a pitch that was literally diseased, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah God. Time, but, Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's baffling that he was here, didn't score a goal, and now he's got Arsenal coming after him and their Premier League title contenders. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts. That's one I won't have a go at the club for because we only had him on loan, didn't we? But we're, it's, yeah. not, it's not the same as Whittaker. He's just another Paul Ariola at the time, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. I mean, yeah, crazy, crazy. It's about time we have one of these that works for us, isn't it? Well, I guess we had Perot. Yeah. That's part <laughs> of the reason why Whitaker didn't work outdoors because he was never getting ahead of Perot, was he? It's different. He wants to play, yeah, behind him. No, I know, but I know, but there was no, there was no sort of position for him to play on the wing and the only probably way he could now. compete was with Perot, wasn't it? So that wasn't never gonna happen. He probably could have played instead of um Cullen on the weekend. Yeah. It's probably a good that's probably I'm where he excels. Thing, it's just I think Martin yeah. used to put him wider, didn't he? And yeah, maybe he wasn't quite... back when he he's not a wing back. Wasted. Yeah. Um okay, let's touch on that quickly then. I know we run out of time. <clears throat> Southampton. Twenty matches in all competitions unbeaten including the five nil win they got over us on Boxing Day. Um now, I think this happens every year. There's a couple of wonky fixtures that you have them around Christmas and then in January again. I don't know why they do it this way, really. It's a bit annoying because if you're on a good run, like Southampton are, you're kind of getting them twice within that spell, and that's frustrating. But the way it works, the way it falls. Um, things have changed, though, and at the time we had Alan Sheehan in charge, and now we've got Luke Williams, who used to be Russell Martin's assistant, I'm Gay Dons, and at Swansea. Now, they're saying they get on, everything's all nice and nice in the media, but at the time, it was thought maybe something happened that resulted in Luke Williams leaving. Don't know the, the ins and outs of that. Don't know what it might have been. I feel like maybe if something did happen, it's probably a case of they respect each other in a mutual way. They probably know, um, helped each other a lot in each other's careers. Nonetheless, I'm sure Luke Williams would love to have his old boss visit and get one over on him shows the boss now if you like and Swansea probably want to look for revenge after getting drubbed 5-0 definitely had too much turkey didn't they uh, Christmas day can we see that happening though no that was straight to the point no <laughs> no I mean and on that note guys we'll see you next <laughs> <laughs> we're at the very start of the process and I, I don't know how they've got to the end so quickly but they're pretty much at the end of what Russell Martin's process looks like we, Should we call it something different? I feel like process is too much associated with that period. I mean, I mean it's a, a different he's, word. he's done the same thing, though. It's just he'd been back to do it. I think he achieved in six months what he wasn't back to do and failed to achieve in two years with us, is the truth. But the boss of Ampton on now is what we would have been with back in, I think. Back in for two years with our budget, and we're probably not far off what they've got now, minus the odd moment of just insane individual quality that comes with Premier League money, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Give him Josh Keane. You know what I mean? Give him Josh Keane, say a lot of board, yeah, right wing back. Have Key on one flank, Manning on the other, pro up front. Keep over Fermi around, keep him happy. It could have been a different story. How much would Josh Key have cost when Martin was here? Oh, I was. They, they wanted to wait for him for free, didn't they? Clearly, that's why. Well, we haven't even for free, though. It's gone to the uh, tribunal, isn't it? It's because of age, though, that is. That's the minimum you'll pay. Yeah. yeah. I think they ov- obviously they're going to pay less that way than. 
what they were asking for. It, it just it just baffles me. They must just really have hated Russell Martin because they've now spent three million on Chohan and Kuharevich. Give Mark Russell Martin three million. He got us Downs, Perot, and Oberfermi not far off. I think that any money we spent in the summer, uh, they they must have been fully intending on Perot leaving. And it's pre-spent, isn't it? Yeah, but then, I, I, I don't know, we don't know the ins and outs of the finances. We've had sales every year is the point, right? Like, even, I think, at the start. Yeah, the but we, ha- we say say we make, say, sell 10, I would imagine, like, a half goes into the kitty minimum. Sorry, no minimum, maximum, because we don't get the money to run the club. So some of the sales has to generate that, and then it goes. some goes into the into the players. And I know that's really frustrating to hear and people are probably shouting at me right now but that is that is the reality of we, of us I know we kind of we were talking about Southampton we mentioned the financial fair play things to the Prem and me and Lee were saying when we were listening to TalkSport the other day if we did go up to the cha- the Premier League right now in a state that it is in with the FFP and the scrutiny that they're under right now I think we would really have a tough time because I don't think the club brings in the re- the revenue that you need to to have that output to buy players to compete at that level, we we'd really find it quite hard. I think. Oh, you just take the hundred mil and go back down. You accept it, and you you do it yeah, yeah. basically. Like we're not in a position to go and do what Nottingham Forest have done. Well, Nottingham Forest they went and spent. They're in trouble now, though, aren't they? Yeah, they stayed up, but now they're probably going to get points deducted. Well, exactly, uh, and and look, geography plays a factor in terms of what sponsorship and income you can make. The one thing you can't say, I think, about our owners, as much as people might dislike them. The business people and they, the people that are going to be able to maximise that stuff, and I think if even they're struggling to do that, we'd have a tough time. But that's that's a different conversation. But that's why I think we all, we don't always see that we don't see the transfer money coming back in. We had other conversations on the way up to Birmingham about there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment, like a Reading, for example. Mm. And are you glad we are not in that situation in terms of ownership? And we spoke to the Morecambe fan recently who said quite similar things about their club um ours doesn't look at any risk of financial trouble and yeah we make a sacrifice and not spending as much on nice players sometimes and i would love to spend more on players but i wouldn't like it to be at the cost of the club yeah controversial opinion maybe but we seem to all share it we could do far worse i realized they came in they saw us as an investment tried to i think their plan was keep the club in the league for five years flip us double their money backfired massively but i'd much rather be run the way we're being run than spending silly money yeah i think the hugh jenkins era was so good that we've gone to this and it's an extreme difference um but it's it could be worse it could be we're in it we're in a different we're in a different um world world of football now though like especially post-covid like i don't see anybody across the championship spending a lot of money apart from the parachute payment clubs no you don't see it. I, I get I get the frustration sometimes, and I said I like you said I would love for us to have, you know, brought in players at that time, and I'd like to see us bring in more players now and then. But we're just not in that time anymore. And like you said, the, the some of the owners that do kind of speculate and try and spend that money, they get in a lot of trouble. Like look at Reading now. You think about what Reading were to where they are now. Like literally fans running on the pitch and stopping the game. As frustrating as our owners are, sometimes I think. Um, you know, we kind of got to accept that this is just what this is the situation it is at the minute in football. Luke Williams said that himself when he came in as well. Though he came in and said, like, look, the club's in a good position. 
we haven't got tons of money to spend, but he's like, it's in a good position. He said there are some, some clubs out there that are just out of control. Yeah. And there hasn't actually been an awful lot of movement in the championship as well. There's been a lot of uh, what I've seen a lot of the movement is, is like loans getting recalled and sent somewhere else. That yeah, seems this... to be the biggest thing I've seen. Yeah, but that seems to be a thing now. That never used to happen before. This is another thing. I'm saying like post I think it's a product of happening. what we're talking about. Yeah, that's got money. I mean. It's just, yeah, but you see it so much now where you get you think you get someone on loan for the end of the season and then uh, they get recalled in January and sent somewhere else. It's just happening so much so often now. Yeah. Um, the the big the biggest side in I think from the across the championship has got to be Carvalho going to um, Hull. Yeah, that's class. And uh, Twine went to Bristol um, City, didn't he? Yeah, which is probably a good signing as well. Eric Carvalho as well. Uh, Carvalho is a sort of signing that turns a mid-table team into a playoff team. And if you look at oh, Hull, yeah. you sort of waked in for one team to step up they, and break out that massive pack yeah. and. and the name on that sixth spot, Hull. Now I realise you shouldn't pen it all on one player. You get injured, he could just not perform. But that's that's. A they've big already one. got Philogene. Yes, it's, yeah. and now they got Carvalho. Like they need, they should be finishing in the playoffs now. But they, but they had that new owner come in, didn't they? Um, last season, yeah, in the last season. Yeah. Now, what's the product of that going to be in a couple of years if they don't go up? You know, same old like, story. It, it could be wrong if, it, but you know, if they don't go up in the next two years. What what money are they spending on Cavalio's wages? You know, from Liverpool, um, they have spent quite a lot of money, and they they brought in that striker from Turkey, didn't they? And I, I think yeah. they spent quite a lot of money on him as well. So, what's the you know what are the repercussions of that in two the years? Championship's time? a casino. In fact, like we're in a good position, we probably need to cut our wages as well, as does every single club in the league, because it's not a sustainable model at all. It's, it's a sell to play sort of model where you need to earn money from transfers. You're sort of relying on either teams who have just come down from the Premier League or Premier League clubs, and if they're being restricted in their spending as well, it, it, it just gets, becomes more and more difficult yeah. for championship clubs to survive. And use the fact, telling... right? Sorry, go on. I, I was just saying, who do we sell now? Who's the next one? Because there's, there's, there's always got to be a, a next one. Grimes looks like he's staying here for the long term now. No, he's probably one of the centre backs, I think. Cabango's is what probably right, and his value's probably dropped from what it was in the summer. But this, this is what we were saying. Like, I know obviously Duff was what he was and not successful and everything. But I do kind of think, as well as Russell Martin leaving, that was kind of the end of the line of the the, the players that we had. Like when Manning and Cham and Perot left in the summer, that was a ridiculous amount of goals and assists that had gone. And like you said, I think they were like the last of our potential, you know, big money sales. I know Manning ran his contract down at the end, and I don't think Cham went for much. But obviously, Perot got a big fee. But we've always had a player where you're like, oh, oh I don't know if we're going to keep hold of him in the summer. Oh, I wonder if he'll go. You know, we had Downs. We had all these players. We are like, oh, I hope he doesn't go. I hope Perot doesn't go. It's probably I Josh don't know who Key, that is. I think, if he but can it, stay but is fit. He at that level? I don't know if he gets, I don't know if he commands a massive fee. Not now. I think if he gets a full championship year or two. But it is, his injuries are really plaguing that, I think, at the moment. And Yeah. But like, like Ben said, I think outside of Grimes and maybe Wood, um, there's there's nobody that can that will command a massive yeah. fee, will they? What what do you looking at? What about five mil now? Because yeah. of his age still. Yeah. Grimes and think his contract's running down, isn't it? He's only got the one year trigger. Yeah, which we will trigger, obviously. But, uh, but that's that's like next year. Then the fee is like you're not getting the fee. Are you if he's not going to sign a new deal, which he might now under the new manager, we don't know, but. 
if he decides he doesn't want to, he probably reached the peak of what we could have been offered for him. I feel like as well, usually the players who move on are attacking talent, Lowe's on loan, and we may get him on a free, but obviously he's not going to command a fee. Cullen, even if he did command any sort of fee, his contract's running down. Patterson's contract's running down. And he's like 33 years well. age. Yeah. You know, Yates, <clears throat> you're not going to sell. You, you bought him to be the goal scorer. It hasn't happened yet, but hopefully in this new system it does. But past that then, like you say, like our best performer of the season, in my opinion, is probably Rushworth, and he's on loan as well. So it's like... yeah. Maybe maybe if uh, Timon's form can stay where it was on the weekend, then there's one for future. But all of this is like, if it goes well, maybe the next January, these names, key Timon, will be names. But right now, there isn't really one, is there? You've got Parker coming through injured. Ollie Cooper, a year ago, maybe we would have been saying, but he's fallen off, so it shows how it can go the other way as well. Yeah, the point I'm leading to as well is if we can't identify where the money would come from from sales, then it would be reckless and irresponsible to spend any major money. So I'd be shocked for the next, well, especially this window. I can see a loan or two, maybe, but no money yeah. being spent. And in the summer, yeah, even, I, I can't, I can't see any seven-figure fees being splashed out because if there's no money coming in, no money can go out. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But that's part of the reason why these people get recalled from loan, don't they? I think, you know, recalling Brandon Cooper. To then sell him to Leighton Orient is probably part of the reason they can probably <laughs> he could try just left him there and sold him to Leighton Orient. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> he was there anyway. Yeah, weird. It's just that's weird. Um, the bottom line is, and the facts are right. People are getting worried about the transfer window. There's only been two transfers in the championship that are fee related. Um, that's Hull and Middlesbrough both spent. Sorry, Middlesbrough and Coventry have both spent two million on a player. Most of the rest have been loans. There's been one or two undisclosed, but usually nothing major is there with undisclosed. We're not going up and we're not going down, so I'd, I'd be shocked if we spend any money at all. It would be yeah. a, a six I months think... to identify what the squad needs planned for the summer when more yeah. players are available, players are out of contract, players have one year and a deal, that sort of thing. I think I think I think it's spot on. I think it's uh, I think it'd be mad to try and force like a move now um, for the sake of it, and I think there's a lot of unnecessary pressure from fans for us to sign players especially with what happened last january i think it's kind of a oh, and we, the way they're you know, moaning about watson sign, we need to sign players we need to sign players but i think you're right i think don't sign a player unless it's one that they've identified that will fit the system and they've got six months to to embed a player in but if it's not there don't do it um like i said we don't think we're going anywhere this season yeah. so let's not th- be too gung-ho in the transfer market I think there's some guys in the academy that deserve a chance, to be fair, as well. Like, and if we're short in areas, maybe that will happen. I feel like it hasn't happened enough in the last two or three years. I would like to see a little bit more of it. I also think we've got, like... I also think we've got enough. Like, I know everyone moans about, like, some of the players that we have signed, but I also think there is quite a lot there to work with when everyone's fit. Like, when Key and Ashby are fit again. Yeah. Like, when they're both fit. Like, I'm surprised Ashby stayed. I thought he was going to go back when he got injured. But when he's fit again and... And key, let's see what we can get out of them in the new system. You know, let's see what um let's see what we got. I think there's enough there to see us out the season. I see him Jerry Yates set on the bench a lot a lot most weeks as well. You got I know he's yeah. not gonna see this new system, but Kurevich just back fit. I don't think you can justify going out and spending money on a striker when we've got as no. many options as we do. I'm you not might saying... be okay. You, you might be okay in a system. We we don't know. Like it it could work because he uh Luke Williams interchanges between one or two strikers. 
I like him. I think his better chance was Michael Duff, personally. I'm just trying to... If, if it's similar to what we saw under Russell Martin, I don't see how a target man really fits in like at all. But isn't but, that... Um, one of the key players in the not system is a target man. He just interchanges whether there's a lone striker or two just to try and free up... Um, what's his name? Yeah, the one we yeah, linked yeah. with. Long like, staff, um, is it? Yeah. He's got a goal machine next to him, I guess, is the point. So, so it's, yeah, it's so the he target man's sole purpose. Takes the defenders away. The, yeah. yeah. So then it's a case of, is Jerry Yates or Cullen or Lowe going to do that? And I don't know. Yates is the best chance you'd think of that, isn't it? But uh, need to get also, Kuwait isn't like a typical target man, is he? Like, if we're being honest, the ball bounces up to him in the air or lands into the air. He really doesn't win it that often. He's quite an unorthodox sort of player. Someone I like the lock of, he's different. I like different. I think there's potential there to... He could be the next Giocares. Who knows? <laughs> Big statement, that, isn't it? <laughs> you, know, you know in five years' time when we're selling for £100 million, pounds, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm clip joking. It. Yeah, clip it, clip it. Um, but yeah, there, there is a few players there that, that can maybe feature towards the end. We, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure there will be a little bit of movement in the transfer window, but I wouldn't expect a great deal. Um, but yeah, Southampton then, just to end, same team as Birmingham or any um, changes? Uh, I don't know. It depends. I don't know who plays starts in that wing-back position now with Parker being injured. I don't know if Key or Ashby are fit enough to start. So it'd be interesting to see because I'm assuming he's going he's gonna to have to stick with his system. So I don't know who's going to play on that wide right position now with um, Parker being out. So. Uh, Cabango is apparently going to miss the game as well. Is he? Well, that's Norman one of the Maybe comes in, does he? Or Pedersen, Humphreys goes there. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Darling goes there and Humphreys and Pedersen in the middle. Well, it's tricky, isn't How it? How long is Palazzi here for now? Is he done? Yeah, uh, in the Jan, isn't it? So I in feel the like they wait. I think they're waiting for Palazzi to like... What happens in transfer window? If we don't get anyone, he's going to get an extension, I think. Because, I mean, yeah. to be fair, I understand that and I feel like that's probably a good decision because there's not much... If one or two injuries in our position, we, we, we were already quite short forward in forward areas. That's why he came in with Janelli yeah. being out. Yeah, that's a, yeah. So I yeah, I agree with you. I think if there's, if there's nothing else on the table, just keep him there. I think we said that, didn't we, last time? But... Um... Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know where he fits in with this system because he's not going to play like wing back, is he? But um... maybe Cullen's going to play wing back. The only other thing he could do if he likes Ogbert is switch timing over to the other flank and put Ogbert to left wing back, potentially as a one off. Can Ogbert play right? I don't know. I'd say put Ogbert to left and put timing right. I'm not, I'm no, gonna... no, no. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm just not sure. Like, I is timing timing. I feel like is more of a left only. I just mm. I don't know anything about Ogbeta. I don't know if he's interchangeable. That's why I was just curious. And, uh, I guess the, the only reason I suggested that is because he's had such little game time. It would be yeah. incredible to put him in out of position, wouldn't it? I don't yeah, know I what uh, Abdelai's injury was, but if he's back, he could be an option. If he's yeah. fit, he'd be there, probably. I think the worry is that we're having this conversation and we're playing against the you know the former team of the league. <laughs> yeah, but their run has got to end at some point. Surely, Look, this is this is this is why this is why we love football. I mean, the fact that it's thrown up. There's there's so many storylines in this. It's not just you know Martin coming back to his old club. It's Williams who is his assistant and twenty games unbeaten. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here now and say like it's written that we're going to end the streak. And but I could just fully see this game being like 
the way the watch was defending last week. That would be, that'd be quite nice to talk about next week if that is and, the case. And the streaks like it's WrestleMania Undertaker time. I genuinely, yeah, I, yeah, I genuinely think like we could literally be a game like that. So uh, it's going to be good to watch. I think you know it's going to be. Yeah. Last thing we could do is put Darling right wing back and then stick Pedersen and Norton in. I just, I feel like that. because of how high they are, I don't know if that works. I don't think anything we suggested works, but then we're lacking. I know. This, now, this, is the, this is the problem. Maybe Patino right will probably. go there. <laughs> yeah, wing back. I mean, uh, it doesn't have to worry so much about marking people in the middle of the pitch then. I, 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 have, I haven't been able to switch back on since you said about The Undertaker. I can see the meme now of <laughs> 20 and 1 when the streak is broken. So you need to get, you need to get that ready all, to post. And all, and all the faces, all the faces in the crowd. <laughs> that needs to be ready to post. 21 and 1 was the actual numbers. Yeah, know. it was 21 and 1. That could have been perfect. Uh, we're saying this like uh, we're going to win. We're, gonna, we're probably going to lose and lose badly, is the truth of it. There'll be a fun game. Yeah. I'm working, it's, so it's maybe it's good. Uh, you see why Sky have picked it up. There's so many, uh, so many, so many storylines off this game. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. I'm sure everyone is anticipating that clash, but we'll end the podcast here. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening as always. Um, yeah, it's been a good couple of weeks for us, and I guess now we're into the new regime. If we can start going, progress in the right way, we can move on up with the team um but yeah we'll catch you in the next video thanks ben thanks lee for joining me and we shall catch you next week see you soon bye the match has just finished and you're on your way home what better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a muck nugget share box and a few dips with your mates you channel your inner ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home just making it an injury time ordering muck delivery is easy on the mcdonald's app you in our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.